Good morning, everyone. Well, that's loud today. Good. I like I can hear myself. Glad to see everybody this morning. Thank you for coming out to worship with us this morning at Crestview Baptist Church. We are so glad to have you with us. If you are a guest or a visitor with us for the first time and you have never filled out a or you have never filled out a visitor form, we would uh, love for you to fill that out and drop it in the offering box on the way out just so we can have some information about you and get to know you a little better. Um, a few announcements coming up. It looks like it's going to be a busy week. Um, the Sunshiners are going to be heading out going to Strawberry Hill this week. Um, on Thursday, they're going to leave the church at 9.15. Um, sign up on the bulletin board. Do they need to sign up by today? Anything? There you Sandra said, if you didn't sign up by the day, you're just going to have to go toe to her, toe to toe with her before you got to go. Right? Okay. No. Um, so sign up by the day if you can. Um, Thursday, also that evening, they're going to be a work day here at the church. Uh, if it doesn't rain, it rained on us last Thursday and was real soggy and wet and windy, and they didn't get to. Um, have that work day. Uh, don't forget our Easter egg hunt is this Saturday from 11 to 1. Um, we're going to have a uh, short devotion, um, and then we're going to hunt some Easter eggs, and we're going to talk about uh, resurrection and all that good stuff, and we're going to have some hot dogs to eat. Um, if you want to bring candy for that still, you still can. Um, if you want to come out and help hide Easter eggs, that'd be cool. I usually send the teenagers out to hide Easter eggs. That works really good. Um, but keep that in mind. This week is coming up. Um, if you'll see in here, we have our times for our Easter service um, coming up in two weeks. Don't forget about that. Um, worship service, our sunrise service at 730. And then we're going to have a fellowship breakfast at 830. And then we will have Sunday school at 9.30, and there will not be a 10.30 service that day. Um, I don't think I have any other announcements. I know I heard someone talking about the directory this morning. If you've not filled out an information sheet for the directory, are they still out there? Um, if you want your name in our online directory, you need to fill out one of those information sheets so we can get your information in there. And that also gives you access to it if you have a smartphone. Um, I don't think I have any other announcements. I just invite you to turn to our Lord and let's shut out the problems of the outside world for a little bit and let's just focus on Him this morning. I have to tell you something. Chad, you did an awesome job last Sunday preaching. He's getting better and better, which is a great thing. Because I don't know if you know it or not, but our youth pastor has been dabbling his toe into some semi-professional, don't get paid for it, wrestling. <laughs> and, and his name is the Faustin Fury. And if you're on Facebook, he's been putting TikTok videos and all kinds of stuff. But I got to tell you this, yesterday... He's got this little thing going on with another wrestler in Belmont, the Belmont Brawler. Bellwood, excuse me. Bellwood Brawler. And he calls Chad the Faustin Fairy. So yesterday after breakfast, Timothy and I went to Harbor Freight. And I got parked and I noticed in my rearview mirror that somebody came walking by behind me that I recognized. And I got out of the truck and I yelled across the parking lot, Hey, Faustin Ferry! And Chad turned around just like that. He turned around all bowed up like he was going to whoop me. And I, laughed. I couldn't help but laugh. It was great. He said, man, I'm always ready. But he did. He did a great job last Sunday listening to him on, uh, as we were traveling up I-95. And I will tell you, that was the best part of that trip on I-95 was listening to Chad preach and listening to the church service. So thank you all for allowing me to go to Florida and attend my nephew's wedding. Thank you, Chad, for, for uh, preaching and bringing the word. And 
it was just great. But it is good to be back in the house of the Lord today. It is good to be back with my church family. And I am ready to worship this morning. And um, I tell everybody on Wednesday nights, and I'm going to say it again, it is good even to be able to laugh with children of God. Uh, I told on Wednesday night, I said, listen, our society now needs, one, they need Christians to act like Christians. They need disciples of Christ to act like disciples of Christ. They need to see the love of Christ through us. But they also need to see us laughing with each other and having a good time and not taking ourselves so serious that we're miserable. We need to be able to laugh and have a good time. And it is great to be able to laugh with with children of God. So at this time, if you would please join me as we start our worship service together with prayer. So let's pray. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come bowing before your throne this morning. And dear Lord, we fail you on daily basis. And we ask you to forgive us of those. Those times that we do what we want to instead of what we should do. That we lose our temper instead of being patient. That we are angry instead of loving. The Lord, allow us to have the strength of faith and allow us to let the Holy Spirit guide us so that we will show a true representation of our Savior. And dear Lord, as we begin our time together this morning, I ask that Your Holy Spirit fills this place, that You have our, Your way with us today. That You open not just our ears, but You open our minds and You open our hearts to receive Your Word this morning. I ask You to be with, with these fine people that are behind me and with Sandra as she leads them, as they lead us in worship. That we may enter in Your presence with a song in our heart. And as we sing your praises this morning, dear Lord, don't let it be something that we just do out of habit or out of reputation, but that we truly mean every word that we sing this morning. I ask you to be with Chad this morning as he leads the children. That you would speak through through him to their young hearts so that they will build a firm foundation in you. Be with me today as I bring your message. Speak through me. May the gospel be proclaimed. And dear Lord, as we are focusing on the cross of Jesus Christ, let us not lose sight of the empty tomb. Because while He has paid the ultimate price by dying on the cross for us, that would be nothing if the tomb was still full. But because He rose on the third day, dear Lord, we have not only forgiveness of sin, but we have everlasting life. And dear Lord, we cannot forget about that. Be with us today. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ our Savior we pray. Amen. Let us stand as we sing our call to worship number 139 at the cross. And as we sing the first and the last verses, let us remember that while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. Page 139.
Smart. We are going to do something a little bit different today. So you guys are going to sit down for just a minute and then you guys got to stand in front of everybody and sing. You knew that. You were in Sunday school. <laughs> All right. So we, no, we are going to stand up and we're going to sing in just a minute. And we're going to do this because we today is when they emphasize our, uh, not international, our uh, North American mission offering. I was trying to think. Of, I, had a, I had a little... Blank out there for a minute. Our North American mission offering. And so I want to talk to you guys about missions. What are missions? Do you know, anybody know what missions are? Sharing what? Sharing the Bible? Sharing Jesus? Sharing God? All of those things. It is going out and sharing the love of Jesus Christ to everyone we come in contact with. And guess whose job it is to do that? Hold on, I want to ask you a question. Who's, who in here has ever heard that Jesus Christ died for them on the cross? Raise your hand if you've heard that before. Raise your hand if you believe that. Alright, so if you've heard that and you believe that, i got something to tell you. That it is your job to go out into your schools, into your friends and your family, and share Jesus with every person that you come in contact with. Did you know that? That's a pretty big responsibility to put on, isn't it? But guess what? Jesus died on a cross for our sins. And if you know that good news, and you know that he is alive again, and there is an eternity waiting for us, why would you not share that with people? That's like right now, if you knew where there was free candy at, and it was unlimited free candy. Who would come in and tell their friends that there was that they knew you know where free candy was? You guys wouldn't? You guys would just keep it to yourself? I mean, I get it. I get it. But it's unlimited. You know your friends like it. You know it's going to help your friends out. It's going to give them all that hyperness that they need. And it's going to make you good and, and yummy full, all that good candy. You would tell your friends, right? So if you've heard the good news who Jesus Christ is, Go out and tell your friends. And there's a special thing called the Great Commission that we're going to talk about here in a little bit in Children's Church. But right now, Miss Joy is going to come up and she is going to share with us, you want to go up there and talk for a minute, Joy, about that. And while she's getting up there, I want you guys to come stand right here. Today, this morning, as the children sing for us, we're going to give you the opportunity to come up and leave an offering for North American Missions. And Sandra took my basket, so this was all I could find to put money in. <laughs> so I'll set it up here on the stage, and if as uh, the kids get up here and sing, and you can join them in singing, uh, bring your offering up for Annie Armstrong. We are going to sing, Jesus Loves the Little Children of the World. And we are going to go through that first verse twice. Oh, 
Thank you, choir. Well, can you believe it's already April? Easter is in two weeks. And as Chad was saying in his announcements, we'll be having our 
7.30 sunrise service Easter Sunday. We'll be doing communion and everything during that service, a full-fledged worship service for the sunrise service this year. But before we get there, next week is Palm Sunday. It is the day that Jesus entered in to Jerusalem. And people were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. But what happened before that? Well, that's what we're going to look at today. Before he entered the city. And if you turn to Luke chapter 18, we're going to look at verses 31 through 34 today. And that's going to be our jumping off point. But if you would stand as I read this, it will be on the screen as well as in your bulletin if you don't have your Bible. But we're going to look again at Luke chapter 18, verses 31 through 34. And this is what Luke writes. And he took the twelve aside and said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and all things which are written through the prophets about the Son of Man will be accomplished. For He will be delivered to the Gentiles, and He will be mocked and mistreated and spit upon, and after they have scourged Him, they will kill Him, and on the third day He will rise again. And they understood none of these things as this saying was hidden from them, and they did not comprehend the things that were said. Let's pray. Our blessed Lord and Savior, we come before you once more, asking you to bless the reading of your word. Speak through me this morning. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. So, as Jesus was preparing to go to Jerusalem, what was He actually doing? Well, the first thing that we need to realize that He's doing is that He was preparing His disciples for what was about to happen. He started telling them and preparing them. See, it says, Then He took the twelve aside and said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem. And all things which are written through the prophets about the Son of Man will be accomplished. So as he was preparing them, he was telling them that the, what is about to happen is going to be a fulfillment of prophecy. Now, we already know about all the prophecies. We talk about it every Christmas about the prophecies of the coming Messiah and how Jesus would fulfill those prophecies. How He would be born. Where He would be born. We know that, that Jesus' birth fulfilled every single one of those prophecies. So, what prophecies are now about to be fulfilled? Well, He told them about His betrayal about his arrest, his trial, his treatment, and his resurrection. See, in verse 32, for he will be handed over to the Gentiles and will be mocked and mistreated and spit upon, and after they have scourged him, they will kill him, and on the third day, he will rise again. That's what Jesus tells his disciples. He tells them exactly what is about to happen? But the Bible says that the, the disciples didn't comprehend this. It was being hidden from them. They didn't comprehend it, and it was hidden from them because they weren't ready to hear it. See, in verse 34, but the disciples understood none of these things and the meaning of this statement was hidden from them and they did not comprehend these things that were said. Now let's talk about that for just a second. 
Imagine, if you will, that you are one of these 12 disciples. You have spent the last three years traveling and living with and listening to the teachings of Jesus. You have totally bought in to what He is telling and you have given everything up to follow this man. And then He starts to tell you that He is about to be turned over and arrested. He is about to be beaten. He is about to be spit upon. That He is going to be be whipped beyond recognition. And then He's going to be killed. What would you do? What would you do? The Holy Spirit kept them from understanding what was about to happen, what Jesus was telling them, because they were not ready to hear it. They were not mature enough spiritually to be able to handle what was about to happen. If they would have understood exactly what Jesus was saying right then, before He entered into Jerusalem, they would have done the very thing that they did when He was arrested. When He was arrested, what did they do? They scattered. They went into hiding. Peter was there and he denied Jesus three times. The only disciple that is recorded to have been at the cross was John. The rest were gone. They were all hiding. That would have taken place right here in the, where, the, where we're reading about right now before He even got to Jerusalem if they would have comprehended what He was saying. But the Spirit and God in His ultimate wisdom knew that they were not ready to, to understand what was going on. And then you take the picture of those disciples and you compare it to the disciples that we see in Acts after they've received the Holy Spirit. And it is two totally different groups of people. You have a group of people that, that are so frail that they're, they, they go into hiding versus a group of people that are willing to die and even under the threat of death say, we cannot stop telling people about Jesus Christ. Because at that point, they had already lived through all of this. And they knew what all of it meant. But part of the reason also that they didn't understand, they didn't comprehend what Jesus told them, nor what the prophets had written about. Jesus. They weren't putting the prophecies and the person of Jesus together yet. Then he took the twelve aside and said, Behold, in verse 31, we are going up to Jerusalem and all the things which were written through the prophets about the Son of Man will be accomplished. Everything. Everything about His birth. Everything about His death. Everything about the resurrection will be accomplished there in Jerusalem. So let's look at some of those things that the prophets wrote about. See, 550 years before the crucifixion, Zechariah prophesied about Judas' betrayal and crucifixion of Jesus. In Zechariah chapter 11, verses 12 and 13, he writes, I said to them, if it is good in your sight, give me my wages. But if not, never mind. So they weighed out 30 shekels of silver as my wages. Then the Lord said to me, throw it to the potter, that the magnificent price at which I was valued by them. So I took the 30 shekels of silver 
and threw them to the potter in the house of the Lord. And then in Zechariah 12, 10, he says, I pour out on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplication so that they may look on me whom they have pierced and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only son and they will weep bitterly over him like the bitter weeping over a firstborn. And then 580 years before the crucifixion, Daniel prophesies about Jesus' death. Daniel 9, verse 26, Then after the 62 weeks, the Messiah will be cut off and have nothing, and the people of the, prin of the prince who is to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. And its end will come with a flood. Even to the end, there will be war. Desolations are determined. And then 620 years before the crucifixion, Jeremiah prophesied about the new covenant. Jeremiah 31, verses 31 through 34. Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not like the covenant which I made with their fathers in the day I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke, although I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. But this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and on their heart I will write it, and I will be their God, and they will be my people." They will not teach again each man his neighbor and each man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquities and their sin, I will remember no more. And then 770 years before the crucifixion, Isaiah prophesied about the abuse and death of Jesus. In Isaiah 52, verses 13 through 14. Behold, my servant will prosper. He will be high and lifted up and greatly exalted, just as many were astonished at you, my people. So his appearance was marred more than any man, and his form more than, any, than the sons of men. And then in Isaiah 53, verses 3 through 5. He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hide their face, he was despised. And he did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening of our well-being fell upon Him, and by His scourging we are healed. And then Isaiah 63, 8-9. For He said, Surely they are My people, sons who will not deal falsely. So He became their Savior. In all their affliction He was affected, and the angel of His presence saved them. In His love and in His mercy, He redeemed them and He lifted them and carried them all the days of old. And then 800 years before the crucifixion, Amos prophesied about the day turning to night as Jesus died. In chapter 8, verse 9 of Amos, it will come about in that day, declares the Lord God, that I will make the sun go down at noon and make the earth dark in broad daylight. And then a thousand years before the crucifixion, David prophesied in Psalms about the death and resurrection of Jesus. Psalms 16, verses 8-10. through 10, I will have set the Lord continually before me, because He is at my right hand. I will not be forsaken or shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will dwell securely, for you will not abandon my soul to Sheol 
nor will you allow your Holy One to undergo decay. And then Psalms 22, 14 through 18. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within me. My strength is dried up like a, a pot sheared, and my tongue cleaves to my jaws. And you lay me in the dust of death, for dogs have surrounded me. A band of evildoers has encompassed me. They pierce my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look like, star, look like they stare at me. They divide my garments among them. And for my clothing, they cast lots. And then 2,000 plus years before the crucifixion, God foreshadowed Jesus' victorious victory. He tells Satan what is about to happen. Genesis 3.15 And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel. All of these all of these prophecies, all of these things that were written were fulfilled in what is about to happen. What we celebrate at Easter, all of this, everything that was written about the Son of Man, everything that was written about Jesus was fulfilled because of His death on the cross, because of His trial, because of His beatings that He took. You realize as he was beaten that he, the, the prophecy says that he will not even, he, he has been beaten and marred more than any other man. You realize that he was beaten so badly that he did not even resemble himself. And all of this was done for us. And every single one of these prophecies, and I just read through them quickly, but all of these prophecies were fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. They were fulfilled by His, his death. They were fulfilled by His resurrection. Because that was God's plan from the very beginning. He created us knowing that we would reject Him. And He created us anyway. And from the time before time, the Bible says even before time began, He had a plan to restore us and our relationship with Christ. Or, or to do God through Christ. This was God's plan. And the disciples did not understand it. They were not ready to receive it. But in that saying, that, that one verse where he says they, that all things that the prophets wrote about would be fulfilled. He's telling them all of this. He is preparing his disciples for what is about to come. And that's not all Jesus did. As they begin traveling to Jerusalem, they come into Jericho and He heals a blind man by the name of Bartimaeus. And He gives him his sight back. And then as He is entering the city, everybody starts scammering around because they hear that Jesus of Nazareth is coming and they want to see Him. Into, in Jericho. So they li they're lying in the streets and crowds are pressing in on him. And then there's this wee little man. And a wee little man was he. And he climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. Who is that? Oh, come on, you can be louder than that. Who? Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. You guys remember that song? Jesus meets Zacchaeus there in Jericho. 
And he looks up in that sycamore tree as he's walking by, and Zacchaeus, he's just up there so he can see. And, and he looks up and says, Zacchaeus, you come now. Come down. Because I'm going to your house to eat. So Zacchaeus came down, and Zacchaeus took him to his house. And Zacchaeus came to know Jesus on a personal level. But the religious people didn't like that. And they started complaining already. Why is it about religious people? That God does something and it's not the way they want it done, so they start complaining about what God's doing. You think about that. Don't be a religious person. Be a disciple. There's a big difference. A disciple does everything the Master says. See, even these disciples, these 12, didn't understand. In fact, Peter many times told Jesus, no, not, you're not doing this. This is not the way it happens. And even when he was arrested, what did Peter do? He pulled out that sword and he took a swing and cut off the man's ear. And Jesus told him to put the sword up. Then he reached down and picked up the ear and put it back where it belonged. And remember, when Jesus was washing His disciples' feet and He got to Peter, Peter said, no, not my feet. You're not washing my feet. Jesus says, unless I wash you, you're not going to be entered in the kingdom of heaven. And then Peter takes it the extra mile, the opposite direction, and says, don't wash just my feet. Wash me from head to toe. But those disciples... Those disciples that didn't understand, that, that kept trying to interfere and get God, Jesus to do things the way he want, they wanted it done instead of the way God wanted it done. After they went through the, the, the crucifixion, after they went through the resurrection, they were gathered together and they came face to face with the, the, the risen Christ. And they listened to him. And then they, he, Jesus took them up to the mount. And he told them that he was leaving. And they said, but to stay put in Jerusalem and that they would receive what he had promised them. And after Jesus, they watched Jesus go up into the air. Two men appeared to them and said, Why are you, men of Judea, why are you standing here staring? This same Jesus that you saw go is going to return. And they went back to Jerusalem. And they stayed put. And they prayed. And when they received the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, their lives totally turned around. And they understood Everything. And they received power when they received the Holy Spirit. And they became His witnesses. And they went out and they started sharing the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And on that day, 5,000 people were added to the church because of their faith in Jesus Christ. Because of the preaching of Peter. And the church continually to grow. As you read through Acts, every time there's something going on, it says, and the Lord moved, and the Lord blessed. And they were, the church was being added to daily. All because of what Jesus did. And because the disciples understood and followed through on His commandments. Not because it's what they wanted, but it's because of what they had to do. So my challenge to you, church, is this. Please don't misunderstand the importance of Easter. Easter is not the crucifixion. Easter is the resurrection. 
without Easter, Jesus would just be another dead religious teacher. But because everything that the prophets wrote was fulfilled, He rose again through the power of God. And He walked and He talked. And that same man, Jesus, is going to come back today. Or come back again. Are you ready for Him to come back? Are you ready to meet Him? That is the importance of Easter. The debt was paid on the cross, but eternal life is given because of what He did Easter morning. When He rose on the third day and He walked out of that tomb. The tomb that He was carried into and wrapped up and placed in. He got up and walked out. Alive and well. And He's still alive and well today. Now as we have this time of invitation, it is a time for you to make a decision. Are you going to be obedient to what God is telling you to do? Is He telling you that you need to understand that you need to follow Him 100%? Is He telling you that you need to give everything you've got over to Him? This is your opportunity to do that right now. The altars are open. If you want to come up here and just pray, you can do that. If you want to go to somebody else and pray or talk to them, you can do that. If you are looking for a church home and you feel like you need to come here and join this fellowship, you can do that. But whatever you do, don't leave this place without knowing Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. I would love to be able to introduce you to Him. Because everything that the prophets wrote about is true in the person of Jesus Christ. As we sing this song, do what God is leading you to do. Would you stand as we sing our hymn of invitation, number 134, Jesus Paid It All, 134. study 630 we are going through the book of acts here in the sanctuary we would love to have you here children and youth down in the building at 630 as well for bible study and then i do have one announcement we voted a few weeks ago to give a thousand dollars to the bowling springs community garden as part of a ministry to reach those that are needing um, food to, to fill the food banks with, with fresh vegetables. 
And because of that gift of $1,000, we have, our church has one of those raised beds. So if anyone is interested in, 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 in working that bed or planning things in that bed, please see me as soon as possible so we can let them know who that would be um, or else they'll just plant flowers in it or something like that. Okay, so if you'd let me know, it would be great as soon as possible. And I'm going to ask Joy to come. And as she comes, don't forget, Easter Sunday morning, 7.30 sunrise service, 8.30 is fellowship breakfast. That is where you bring an item or something and we just share everything that we bring. And then 9.30 Sunday school. And we will not have a 10.30 service. The 7.30 service, the sunrise service, will be our service for that morning. It will be a full-fledged service with communion and everything. Okay? So please, invite your neighbors, invite your friends, invite your family. Just I don't care if you go out and you go to the homeless shelters, invite them. We'll take the van to go pick them up. Just invite people to come and hear about the resurrected Jesus. Because He's the one that will change lives. Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this day. Thank you for the sunshine and the message we heard. Just let us live up to uh, how we need to be and recognize what he did for us during this Easter season and that we have forgiveness of our sins due to Christ dying on the cross and rising again to save us. We just ask you now to go with us as we leave this place and bless each and every one through the week and bring them back to this place. Amen.